Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Record Lover is supported by Dogs 420, who makes innovative CBD products specifically for your dogs and puppies. Check them out at dogs420.bigcartel.com. Nice up, 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 radio. Welcome to the Reggae Lover Podcast. This is Khalil Wanda from Highlander Sound for Reggae Lover Podcast episode 164. Welcome to all the listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in once again. This episode is part two of the Reggae Lover history, aka Highlander Sound history. And on the last episode, you heard Agard and I recount some early experiences and influences that led to the formation of Highlander Sound. Right now, we're going to pick up with that same conversation and take you from the year 1999 to present. So very interesting conversation, lots of stories, lots of history, of course. So sit back, relax and enjoy. Here's the episode. Some of our first gigs were like, you know, we did a tri-state party at the atrium. So the atrium, I believe, was like used to be a movie theater or or just a theater in general. Right. No, I, I believe that's what it was. And then like they gutted it out and it literally fits like 3000 people, I think. Yep. That's about you know what I'm saying? So one of our first like events that we did. You, you just skipped played, ahead a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I. I I skipped ahead. But anyway, because, so all this stuff. So this, yeah, yeah, just describe, ahead. you know, what we're doing here is we're, we're promoting hip hop events, but Correct, catering yes. to a tri-state area audience. Yeah. And so therefore reggae is relevant, but this is a time where it's records. This was when there was a barrier to entering and saying that you're a DJ. You know what I'm saying? So we had mm-hmm. like, real reggae records we had the rhythms you know what i'm saying like we could play the whole rhythm <laughs> you know what i mean and then right. we had like everything you know the accents and so we were like that bringing that authentic brooklyn yard vibe when we played and just inserting this into the hip-hop session in segments you know what i mean Mm. so like who who were some of the djs that were booked you know i remember obviously dj mars dj trauma dj drama you know dj sense um like um, actually and you know guys will come down from new york for those dj clue you know i mean like the who's who of djs were spinning and then you have highlander coming in right dropping a reggae set and flattening the place Right, because we're the only we're the only reggae sound DJ whatever on on the party, and I know that we did that because that was the year Mob Deep. That was the Mob Deep one at the atrium, and we yeah <laughs> we got into a fight with the bouncers on stage because yeah. I believe Mob Deep was coming on directly after our reggae set. But anyway, so. Because of this affiliation with Wax Factor and Precise, we were able to do that. And then, you know, Precise had a good friend, 
you know what I'm saying, that was a major reggae promoter. And some of y'all who are of, of a certain age might know this person. His name is Weber. Big up Weber. Weber. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Weber was on the show yeah. before as well. Yeah, man. Weber, you know, <clears throat> formerly of uh, Metro Media fame. And, you know what uh, I'm and a song called Blackstone that I came to know about, which was a little bit before my time, before the, before Metro. But Weber played Stone Love and a bunch of other sounds over in Kingston as well back in the day. Yeah, man. So, you know, Weber was the dude with the credit in Atlanta. So basically he had moved to Atlanta, you know, bona fide selector sound system. He eventually had his own sound system there. But, you know, mainly Weber was a reggae promoter and he at that time was bringing in consistently some of the best sound systems, some of the best artists that were passed through Atlanta. So Precise is like, yo, man, put my people on. <laughs> and see, the <laughs> you know I mean? one key thing is Precise was, he was the premier graphic designer. Correct. He, he was making all the, the flyers. the guy that did the flyers for the, most of the, most of the reggae promoters, most of the big promoters, most of the big dances. He was designing some crazy graphics for them. So that conversation was always facilitated. Like, yo, put my people on, yo. Right, exactly. So the reason why I'm bringing this up is because, you know, I think the, was it the first dance that Weber put us on in, 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 in Jaguars? Yeah. Yeah. The first dance that Weber put us on. And so this is how you got the timeline out of whack. You know, because the first, very first time that we played out was in 98. Record Lover is supported by Dogs 420, who's all about getting your pet some relief from pain, anxiety, arthritis, inflammation, or even if they're older and they're suffering from cancer or discomfort, they have dog treats that give a calming effect. Soothing shampoos that get rid of itching, redness, and dryness, and more. Perfect for dogs with allergies and sensitive stomachs. Dogs 420 uses only all natural ingredients specifically formulated for your dog's body chemistry and the purest third-party lab-tested non-GMO CBD oils. That's no THC, non-psychoactive. If you want to get free shipping on your first order, just mention Reggae Lover in the notes. And that's dogs420.bigcartel.com. was in warehouse. At the warehouse at a party yeah. where we flopped. Like we totally flopped. Like really stunk up the place. Was was Ja Prince on that yeah, one? Yeah, Ja Prince. Big ups to Ja Prince because I always talk about this, you know, how he came out there. Like Highlander was the three of us and we just, we didn't know what we were doing. And then Ja Prince came on and just like, just saved the night <laughs> pretty much. You know what I'm saying? Like he was so yeah. like nonchalantly just easily handling the crowd, have, had everybody dancing. And maybe we didn't do that bad, but that's just what it felt like. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was amateur hour for us. But um, and then the next I, I dance think, was that was like towards the end of '98. The next dance that we lit literally the next time that we played out was that Weber dance at Jaguars. That was the second time out. And this was a very interesting night. It was Bass Odyssey and Super Gold. Early juggling by Highlander. Yeah, which are two big, big sounds, yo. Super Gold you know at the time saying? coming out of Houston, Texas. Um, Bayside of Sea flying in from Jamaica, from St. Anne, way out in the country. 
So we learned a few lessons that night. That night, so we have, uh, at this point, I feel like one or two LP boxes and like one or two for a 45 box and i i remember somebody forgot some box of records <laughs> at home and instead of one of you guys going to get it and two of us staying it was like both of y'all left <laughs> you know what i'm saying and i'm the cat who doesn't know how to mix yet and uh so i'm left to do the early one right so i'm like all right man you know what i could at least select tunes right so at some point i'm just i'm just playing stuff from the top and then I'm lowering it. I'm saying something and I'm putting up the next tune or something like that. Right. So I remember thinking like, Yo, and you had I'm like the old fish. tune box. Uh, you had the foundation. Yeah. It's the old tune, the foundations. Right. So that, I think that's all we brought or something. It was like something was forgotten up to like the eighties. So let me, this was such a magical night. And th- if, if I wasn't addicted to, to DJing or being a selector, this, this did it that night for so many reasons. And so I'm like, yo, all right, what do I do? I, I know how to, I, I feel like I know how to select. I know how, <laughs> like, I, we, like we've only bought at this point, tell you, tell you the truth, the, what our strategy is what I do today with my, my crates in my Serato. You know what I'm saying? Like delete the trash and just have nothing but like the hits. You know what I'm saying? Or good tunes. So the way we bought tunes is we started off with foundation, but it was only like it had like it had classics to be the that best. The best that everybody the best knew. That like was we were, available. I don't think yeah, everybody we, had to know it, but this is what we did. It was it was we looked at the artist, we looked at the label, yep, and we and looked the at rhythm. the rhythm. Right. One of those, you know, one of those three had to be massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, a lot of what we're buying, all three of those were like ridiculous. So I remember thinking like we had a a ton of Dennis Brown 45s, yo. Dennis Brown, you Brown, all, you know, all the Browns, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, yo, I'm going to play nothing but Dennis Brown until I don't have any more Dennis Brown. <laughs> so that entire early one, I don't remember if I played only Dennis Brown until you guys got back, but all I know is empty. So my hands are shaking. I'm putting like the needle on the record, make sure the volume's down, say a little something, put it up. And I just remember like the forwards that I started getting. Like first it was like the sound men setting up the sound and tuning up the sound like yo bomba you know like all that and then like people start coming in you know what i'm saying because it was kind of an early dance because it wasn't your regular you know out in stone mountain or decatur or yeah, wherever yeah. or like Jack- Jaguars it was, was downtown it was pretty much like midtown atlanta right exactly so i guess people knew to get there early so around like 11 30 12 o'clock dances ramming and like i'm getting forwards like the crowd is ready like i'm getting enough enough forwards you guys got back i remember i can't remember if i was emceeing or, or peck was emceeing but i know definitely you were selecting yeah so you know we do our thing and i guess at the time um gary gary chucks was was at that time was on Super Goal. It was him alone playing Super Goal, <clears throat> right? Because and he was like, "Yo, all right, this kid right here." But hold on, hold on, <laughs> to, hold on, hold on. Yeah, before, yeah. before you get there, when yeah, yeah. All right, <clears throat> so Agard warmed up the place. Lovely, 
by this time we get back it's you know kind of almost full up in there but it's still the quote-unquote the early juggling you know so by that time i think we started playing some rhythms we started like actually trying to juggle <laughs> you know what right I mean? right right and we were getting like the crowd was just man the crowd was eating it up we were getting forwards Dude. and everything and we were juggling Sizzla, john mason luciano jacure yo mad i remember now yeah okay. crazy i don't even but i feel like we reached to like a juggling rhythm i feel like we yeah, reached yeah. to whatever because you know we weren't by like and when i say we reached to a juggling rhythm that means that it was a current rhythm because we didn't have like a bag of old rhythms you know what i'm saying right 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 so we reached to like some new stuff and it's after midnight and gary trucks was up next and he was like nah nah he was like nothing He's like, yeah, man, we're ready, we're ready, we're ready. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm ready. now, no. <laughs> like, yo, he was like, hell no. Nah. Like, yo, I need to get on now. And he got on, and then he just asked me to mix for him. Yeah, yeah. Right yeah. from the top. Yeah, I think I think that's what happened. I, I I believe I think he peeped what was going on, and he was like, all right, this youth is good enough. And I guess he didn't get a, a, a somebody to, to come select with him. So he asked you from early to like mix for him, and you was just like, I, right, you know what I'm saying? I was like, yo, because I remember, so you started doing that, you started mixing for him, and was doing it well somehow, like somehow. your second dance. Yo, he, <laughs> you know he was saying? handing me records, and I remember this is the part of the dance now where, you know what I mean? It's time to go in, even though it's still early. So I remember right. he played like, for example, like Greetings, and you know, all my sound people that are listening, you know, you play greetings from half pint shortly after that. Super. You're going to hear it. So he's handing me 45s and he's going up on the bandstand and he's making big speech. And yo, I swear to God, like just by luck, everything was just falling on perfect timing. Yo, I swear it was just ja or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah, I remember afterwards. I was nervous. I was surprised. AF, you were yo. surprised. <laughs> yo, but here's the, here's the kicker. So Gary doesn't know that it's this guy's like second dance he's playing ever. And he's like, yo, yo, we need a selector. <laughs> he's like, I remember that. He's night. like, yo, I'm yeah. going to take you upon the road with me. I took you upon the road with you. <laughs> I was like, uh, okay. Um, but yeah, what happened was further down in the dance, it, it started raining that night and there was a leak in the club and water was leaking down onto the mixer. Jeez. So later that night, and it didn't start tripping out until Bass Odyssey was playing. It was um, Squingy. I think, it, no, not Squingy. It was Skinny. I think it was Skinny and Mark. I feel like it was Skinny and Mark. I know it was definitely yeah, yeah. Skinny. And the sound started tripping out. And you know what I mean? Like the vibes definitely broke when Bass Odyssey was playing, who's the headliner, who you knew was going to come in and just kill it. So at, they had to like switch out the mixer and like, you know, that type of delay in the dance, that's going to kill the vibes. So yeah. what eventually happened, because we were there till the very end and the chatter was, even from the promoters was like, yo, from that night, until I don't know when, you know, Weber and you know, Weber was just like, yo, B, more people I talk about Highlander than I talk about Super Goal and Base Odyssey. Yeah, man. Yo, that's that that's how we bust. You know, we were in that opening spot and we 
the reviews was that we outplayed whoever was to come after that flew in from wherever. You understand? But um, yeah, leading up to that, what took place was at the Wax Factor office, the turntables were in the back room. And every day after classes, we would go there and we would practice. And a lot of times, you know, Precise would meet with his clients, Weber, Mark, whoever come in and they're in the other room and they would just hear this music beating in the back. And it was like, yo, wagwan rang yeso. You know what I mean? Wagwan over yeso. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then like, you know, if we take a break and we walk out, it's like, yo, hold on. You, you will play that right, music. Like, <laughs> it, was, it was like, yo, I will play the music now. You? It's like, yo, oh, you know them tune Because, yo, I guess we were playing, you know what I mean, songs that were just taking, yo, these real sound man, real Jamaicans back to, like, their childhood. And, you know what I mean? Like, some tunes, some big sound system tunes that we were just casually just... You know what I mean? This is what we were playing. We wasn't playing Mr. Vegas and, <laughs> you know what I mean, Beanie nah, Man. man, nah. Some real tunes. So, yeah, man, that that was a good vibes. And then the other thing is we fought. Like, we, we didn't have no weak generals, yo. The three of us were like a three-headed monster. We were our own, like, toughest critics. We were very critical. And it was like, we didn't agree on a lot of stuff. Especially Agar and, um, you know, Crisis and Super Pack. So we got into yeah, it several times over those months of preparing for that dance. But, you know, when we, when we touched the road, the end product was, was definitely right. Yeah, man. Katz was arguing about if a song would fit into this part and if this should come after that. Yo, holy for controversy, yo. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I believe all down to speech. Like, you know what I mean? What speech to make and yeah, man. So the sounds them that don't yeah, have man. them thing that go on in right now, where a man just a make a next man just run the show and nobody is there's no checks and balances. That's why some of y'all flapping yo. That's how we got started. So from there, we maintained the affiliation with Wax Factor, which became Extreme Media Entertainment. Change, name change. And some of the partners split off and started doing other things, such as Battle, who I mentioned earlier. I think last show, I talked about some of the law changes in Atlanta that took place. So there was a reshuffling right. of the decks in ATL, and a lot of stuff started to change. So Highlander was doing the the reggae room at the parties that had, you know, different rooms or different floors and different levels. We were always doing, so we did SOs, we did... Plush changed their name to Cream and Buckhead. We did both of those for at least a year to 18 months. We did residencies at like at Karma on a Wednesday night. That one lasted probably close to two years. So this all this is in Midtown or in Buckhead. So as the city started to pop, you had 112, you had Jagged Edge, you had, you know, all the stars coming out of ATL. We were there. Whoever was coming into town, you know, we did the the Def Jam parties, we did just, you know, you name it. I mean, Super Bowl. Right. All-Star Weekend. At a certain point in time, Precise got the opportunity to take over a club that was known for doing some reggae parties there on Friday nights. That club is known as the Duplex in Buckhead. At this time, Crisis Don had left to uh, join the Marine Corps and he shipped off. He was overseas during these years. So it became 
Super Peck and Khalil Wanda, you know, at the helm in Atlanta. And that was the team that you saw. And eventually we added more members and added on, you know, different parts and departments and positions. And, you know, it became like a, a bigger team, as a matter of fact, where we were. We had a sound system to take on the road to do mobile events. We had like an engineer. We had the B team and the C team and, you know, stuff like that. That duplex residency, a lot of people point to duplex as like the height of Atlanta dance hall parties. You know what I mean? A lot of people, when you look back over the years, a lot of people point to that period as being like the most vibes, like the best time. So it was Highlander every single Friday at that spot and week to week we would have different sounds so we brought in all the other atlanta djs to play alongside us and we also brought in other town sounds as well so at the time adonai was hot adonai came in you know what i mean we totally bun up bun up adonai shell that we brought in Afrique, we brought in poison dart we brought in you know a lot of different sounds so what we were able to do was play in buckhead and midtown like week to week to week to week for years and then but we always wanted to play in Stone Mountain because we were like, we considered ourselves a hardcore sound, even though we were playing, right. you know, for the mainstream audiences mostly. So even while you were still here, you know, we would always, we would always go to um, Club Hollywood Club on the Hollywood. east side. Yep. And we would go to the Culture Center and the Royal Peacock. And we would like play for free at um, and do the early warms at those places. We would do the early, you know, go in and rope in at Rebel Sundays, which is like a roots, you know, roots and culture night. Um, where we just go and rinse off our latest sizzlers and stuff like that. Go in Club Hollywood where we would play for Jati and some of the big, you know, elders them and you know what I mean? Like let them hear just let them hear the sound and get that experience with the hardcore Jamaican crowd. So we did that to the point where we started getting those bookings organically on our own. Um, some of our other links, you know, in the Jamaican side of thing, you know, led to certain other big bookings like the um, like Amplified with Wayne Marshall. And, you know, what I mean, we played alongside Copper Shot and, and Black Chinese and Renegade and, and, and those type of sounds in Stone Mountain on the east side started opening shows for, you know, Beanie Man, Memorial Weekend, you know, some of the biggest dances. So we were, in, you know, in front of like thousands of people on a regular basis on both planes, you know, Rasta Man dance, concert, all these type of dance, 60 something year old Jamaican them birthday party. And then also Buckhead and Midtown, like all at the same time. So I'm talking like versatility, just like the mm -hmm. type of versatility that you didn't really see. Most people, you know, face a lot of jealousy because a lot of people didn't get them opportunities. It's either one or the other, um, if anything, for most sounds at the time. So that led to where, you know, we started to get bookings just because we had a lot of bookings already. Like people who wanted to do something in Atlanta would look around and they would be like, yo, who should I book? Well, I see Highlanders on every flyer, so let me call Highlander. Mm -hmm. So that lasted for a while. There was a point in time where, you know, we sat down and talked to Precise and, and we were talking about, like, what we want to do, what, where we want to go. You know what I'm saying? How far we want to take it. You know what I'm saying? And I know Peck was like, yo, Stone Love, you know, at that time. And I think right. Precise was like, if you want to do it, two things you got to do is you got to have mixtapes and you got to have a website. So I was like, I bet. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. 
by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We started doing mixtapes. And one of my best friends was... A web designer. So he threw up Highlander.com, the original Highlander.com. And on that website was a message board. And we were going to school for marketing. So here's what we did. I was like, okay, if there ever comes a weekend, if there ever comes a day or a night when I'm not booked, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take, I bought a digital camera. This is all early stuff. Like digital cam- cameras just came in. Websites right. just came in. This is before social media. And I decided that anytime that I'm not booked to play out, if there's an event going on, a party going on, a daytime thing, a barbecue, whatever it is, I'm going to go with my camera and I'm going to cover it like media style. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to take pictures. I'm going to put it up online. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I'll go and record dances too, put up audio. You know what I'm saying? When I was able to get video of dances, I'll go and get video of dances. And I was the first, one of the first people that would start to put, yo, Donnie Metro, this and that, and I'll put it up online and I'll label everything and I'll caption the pictures with people's names and stuff like that before any of that stuff was going on. So that would become like a thing that would bring attention and draw people in. It was was a sick, you know, it was just marketing in my mind and also just promoting that Atlanta is for real because we're doing all this hard work down here in Atlanta. And it's like, you know what I mean? I felt like we were like legitimate enough to be noticed by the world. So that's what I started doing. And we had this message board and our message board and everybody that's um, like globally that's into dancehall and reggae from back then knows about dancehallreggae.com. But the highlander.com message board was like dancehallreggae.com for Atlanta. If you weren't on highlander.com, you didn't know what was going on. So it became a hub for every promoter that wanted to, you know, tap into a crowd, figure out who's who, what's what, what's going on. They all had to go to Highlander.com on the message board. That thing went crazy. It totally blew up, like bigger than anybody ever expected to where there was a, a an award show, like four months after we launched the site, Weber did the Weber Awards annually, um, and we won the award for best website in that award show. Right. So it was just like a hub. All the sounds that were around back there were on the message board. All the girls that were around back then were on the message board. All the promoters, you know what I'm saying? All the parties had to go up there. It was a big deal. Right. And it was definitely appreciated by me, who was halfway across the globe. Actually, not, not even halfway. On the other side of the globe, hearing this audio, seeing, you know, covering of events and all that, that was definitely appreciated. Yeah, man. And, and at some point, I believe I wrote a few <laughs> few articles as well. Right. And yeah, a lot of people appreciate them. It, 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 you know, that was the sentiment from a lot of people, especially that 
were unfamiliar. I think that led to a lot of people discovering Atlanta scene, even moving down here and, you know what I'm saying, starting their thing, starting their, uh, I know Rico Vibes, you know, always would say when he was in New York, he would, he knew what was going on here through our website. He knew about Highlander and, you know what I mean, our moves and stuff like that. And then, you know, later we ended right. up on his radio station when he launched um, the Flavor Radio when he moved down here. So, um, you know, at a certain point, the website got hacked and <laughs> the message board in particular was hacked. But I think before that, certain promoters that were competitive promoters started to establish their own roots elsewhere on the Internet. And there was like a resignation campaign that went on at a certain point. Like people were like <laughs> signing off of the website. And then shortly after that, the website got hacked. So, yeah, that was just a, a certain that was like a time capsule right there um, of the, the, right. the early 2000s for Highlander Sound. So how did we get to where we are now? Yeah. So, I mean, like like you said, I was off in Japan at the time. I actually <laughs> linked up with somebody else that I sort of knew from Atlanta. And I I was on another sound out there, Jaw Life Sound, you know, with, with uh, Rudy. And Jaw Life was originally this Jaw Life, because there's multiple Jaw Lifes in the world, was from Bermuda. So I was part of the, the team in Japan on that sound system. Um, and then... So so basically, long story short, I guess you would have to also tell this part. I guess eventually, you know, you and Peck split. Um, you kept Highlander basically going yourself for many years. And I guess, yeah, <laughs> what, what do I say about that? Still not my story to tell. <laughs> I mean, you just told it. You know what I'm saying? And you have to go into the detail. Like, <laughs> right, essentially, right, right. you know, with the timeline, the the common denominator with Highlander Sound has always been me. Um, Correct. Different members have come and gone, you know, left and returned. Uh, Peck had a few stints on and off the sound. Um, at one point, he started Archangel, and he was doing Archangel for a few years. And then uh, he came back to Highlander, and then he left again more recently. Now he's on a sound called matrix matrix supreme so yeah man yeah man and i know he posted online recently that <laughs> you know people still associate him with highlander you know just through the, the the strength of the legacy you know what i mean and that's understandable but yeah we we definitely you know still you know that's my brother first and foremost that's like my only brother so you know right. I mean? we still family but we're not just not a part of the same sound system organization operating right now you know, Highlander did radio, you know, as I mentioned, the Flavor Radio, which is Rico Vibes from Natural Vibes Radio Station, Internet Radio, where we did two weekly radio shows for about a five-year span. One of them was a dance hall show. The other one was a classic reggae show, generally centered around music, some interviews in the mix sprinkled in there. And while doing the radio, one thing that we always did was record the shows and then we started producing a podcast based off of each radio show. So we actually started podcasting back in 2009 as a result of that. And the, the website changed from .com to Highlander.net. And obviously the advent of social media meant that everybody's on Facebook and 
now Instagram and all the other social networks, Twitter and, and stuff like that. So that's where a lot of the interaction and discussion that would have previously gone on on a highlander website. Now, you know, all that engagement is through social media. I left the, the Flavor Radio station and decided after that that I still wanted to create content, but I wanted to do it in just a podcast format so that I had control over a lot, you know, I guess control, <laughs> just period, point blank. So I know, you know, who's listening and how many people are listening to which shows and how long you're listening from. I know where you are. I know the demographics. And I appreciate you. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's definitely something that I love to do. So I had a podcast called The Music Vault with Khalil Wanda for a little while. And then I started Reggae Lover as a mixed show. And that did that for like a good what three and a half years about or four years and then agard who i you know talked to very regularly and we would have these discussions about the business always talking sound business always talking reggae music you know what i mean like we would get into it sometimes we would debate sometimes we would argue sometimes we were totally in agreement but it's just something we're so passionate about that we were like, yo, you know what? Yo, people need to hear some of these conversations, man. Right. Exactly. And Agar just put that bug in my ear like, yo, we should do a podcast like this. We should do a podcast like that, you know? <laughs> um, and I was like, yeah, but yeah, but, you know, I always had an excuse, right? But I was hearing you though. And then even though some of the mixes that I did, just individual episodes are like, going on to like a hundred thousand downloads and you know what i'm saying like hundreds yeah, and hundreds of very high very high plays yeah hundreds and hundreds of thousands of plays you know what i'm saying so that was great you know a lot of people a lot of followers a lot of subscribers a lot of listeners you know i def i decided that when i started to get like a, a plethora of copyright strikes from the different platforms especially youtube where you know i mean i wasn't able to monetize the mixes and there were it made me feel like yo maybe there's another way that i can entertain and promote reggae music and so i decided to pivot in december 18 and came back in the new season with this show that you're listening to now reggae lover and it's been quite an experience I think we've experienced a lot of growth just in a different way, just bringing in a lot of different new listeners, um, now a part of the Nice Up Radio family as well. So it's bringing a lot of different opportunities, really changing the scope of the network and, and allowing our voices to be heard, um, which is really, really important as well. Yeah, man. Talk about, you know, when you went to Japan and then got out of the the military and return to the states you know what i'm saying like kind of what happened yeah so uh like i said you know i definitely i was in japan for four years in the marine corps um i decided to stay out there that long i i um like i said i i hooked up with you know rudy dj rudy jaw life sound um, added uh, David onto the sound. And basically what we were doing, we were playing, you know, for dances, for any sound system that was passing through Okinawa is where, where I was stationed, you know, whether it be Trooper 
um, Panther, um, Tony Mataran, you know what I'm saying, Code Red, you know, Master Lee, uh, Bobby Condor's Java, like uh, Mighty Crown. There's a slew of sounds that we played with. And mainly I was just the MC. I was on the mic. Yeah, so all of those sounds and DJs were passing through Okinawa. You know, all of them had um, the Okinawa leg of their Jap Japan tours. So if Stone Love was going to through Japan, they would have a stop. Like Rory would have a stop in Okinawa. You know what I'm saying? So uh, including Unity and including Highlander. Correct. Yeah. So at what we also did is we formed a promotion company. You know, called uh, Platinum Promotion. And basically, you know, our first um, big party was we, we, we sent for Unity Sound, you know, Crossfire, you know, of Unity Sound we had on the show earlier this season. You know, we were sent for uh, Cross and Dreddy to come to Okinawa. And we had, I believe, at least two or three months of promotion. And it was in basically the premier nightclub for big reggae events all of these sounds that i mentioned they all played at club pyramid so we rented out club pyramid for unity sound and basically rammed it out it was crazy you know before they came we we had you know all types of we had promo cds you know we had like people you know because unity unity has this sample that i don't know if he, he still plays it now but you know for unity from like the the queen latifah song or whatever you know we would have girls and they're like screaming it out to us like when we give them a flyer you know they'll just say that sample back to us so it was a it was a real big event and then did we also bring you out or because <laughs> i can't remember if that was our promotion or we like added you to somebody else's promotion i know you guys were involved with it but that's when you you weren't allowed to like be there or something like that right it was it was like in a partnership with somebody else because right. there was some weird King, stuff King going Ryukyu on with the military had something to do with it yeah big up uh turner king Ryukyu sound so was that um, the second time that cross went and i went with him or did i go the first time that he went i think that was the second time at that point at, at some point cross had decided to move to mainland japan um, I guess he liked his experience in Japan and he got accepted to, I guess, a, a teaching program over there. Um, so I believe at that point he was in mainland Japan, probably in Tokyo or Yokohama, somewhere around there. And um, he probably flew in from mainland Japan for that party. Nah, man. If I the remember. No, the, when I went, we flew together from Atlanta. So it's probably, yeah, it's probably Because he hadn't time. moved then. Like after that trip, he was like, he was sold, you know, he was in love. Right, right, right. And then he went back, you know, for good after that. So I guess you're right. Yeah, it was, it was his second time because the first time it was him and his brother, just him and his brother. Mm -hmm. But yeah, man. So, you know, we did that for a while. We played with a lot of the local sounds. We did promotion. You know, we did a bunch of different things. We actually had a couple different mainland tours. Uh, I personally went to mainland you know, with Child Life twice, you know, some amazing experiences, you know, that, I, you know, I remember for the rest of my life. So, yeah, so I, that's what I was doing out there amongst like my nine to five, which was in the military. But, um, but yeah, man, so that's what I did. And then when I, when I, when I got out of the military, uh, decided to, uh, move back to Brooklyn and I would say it was like at least a good, 
four or five years maybe until I picked back up DJing at least, you know, yeah. or being involved with sound system. Right. And then you started producing and Yeah, man. You were like open format DJ yeah, as well basically. as promoter. I'm sorry, producer. Yeah, and you did some promotions as well. Yeah, yeah, did got, some promotion. Got back into it, you know what I mean? Got your legs back right. under you. When but I the realized the no world was crisis. changing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the name was no longer Crisis. Is then yeah, you- decided to go with Agard, which is our last name. Yes, we are family, have the same last name, and I took it, son. But yeah, so yeah, I go by Agard now. I guess it's simply enough, you know, Crisis grew up. <laughs> so I dashed with the name Crisis and, and, and picked up Agard as my DJ name. So that's what I DJ under. That's what I produce under. And now I've had a slight little hiatus from, from production. And, you know, DJing, whenever I'm, I'm called to duty, I, I, I do the job. So, yeah, that's where I'm at now. A lot of history right there. When it comes to Highlander Sound, you know, I guess I'll add for the bio sake that we, in terms of sounds that we've played alongside everybody that you can think of that's from Atlanta, that is from, except like the really super new school cats, played alongside, you know, as I mentioned, SNS and, and Clue and like DJ Enough and, you know, cats like that. Um, played with Rodigan, Saxon, played with Maritone, played with um, Cancer from Stone Love, played with actually Stone Love, Bass Odyssey, Afrique, Super Twitch, Steely Bashment, Poison Dart, Adonai, uh, Renaissance, Renegade, Black Chiny, Copper Shot, and the list goes on and on. Artists, you know, already mentioned Beanie Man, uh, Sean Paul, Tanto Metro and Devante, Elephant Man, Capleton, you know, like the list goes on and on. Foundation, Sugar Minot, Lukey D, tons of artists, tons of, of other sounds over the history, you know what I mean? Traveled all over the states the islands and to japan you know not not yet europe or africa so would like to do that would like to cross them borders there um right now in terms of playing out i've done a lot of promoting and curating my own events in atlanta because i kind of just curated the type of events that i would like to play at because i would you know at a certain point in time the type of events that were going on you know i wasn't really interested in playing the type of music that you have to play to be a part of those events you know so call that getting old you know one thing i would say is you know just to bring the story full circle you know mm-hmm. as we already talked about i was the tag along like i was really a follower at the beginning of this journey and right. through the you know the matriculation of the journey I emerged as a leader. And so now, like, you know, I'm very much like a visionary and I have a certain vision for what I want. So therefore, I don't play out four or five times a week like I used to. You know, at a certain point, I literally got tired of it. I got bored and I, I got I got tired of playing the same songs, same playing the same music over and over. Like it wasn't fun to me any longer. And I want to do this I want to still have that feeling that I had like when I was young, like at the beginning, like I'm enjoying what I'm doing. It's fun. It's engaging for me. And then I'm really sharing that energy with the crowd. You know what I'm saying? So the stuff that you hear me talk about that I'm playing at, you know, I'm 
legit like excited about those parties and those events whether it's somebody else promoting it or whether i'm promoting it so i definitely focus more on quality versus quantity now and i mean that like in in every sense of the word so everything from the venue to the 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 concept to the to the actual music that i'm throwing on so definitely promoters you can link up we can have that conversation and see if it's something that would make sense for us to do and i'll be glad to do it and um yeah look out for more productions from highlander obviously the podcast you guys are listening and thank you so much for that we have talked about doing a lot of other works in the industry that are not necessarily your traditional things that selectors and sound men do just bringing new creative innovative things so definitely i'm not going to let the cat out of the bag as yet but there's definitely some big things in the works and looking forward to you know continuing to spread reggae music and you know that is my thing you know you could say your piece agar may not be the you know the exact same but, but i feel like you know a lot of times we're put into this box and you a lot of people will hear reggae and they visualize a certain stereotype a certain avatar you know and the thing is that i just want to get do away with that and i want to just set like a new precedence reggae and dance hall sound system sound clash all those things deserve to be in any household in any conversation in any music collection and you know i mean also from the aspect of the sport of it you know in any conversation uh about competition as well um, when it comes to the sound clash piece of it. So that's a part of the works that we're doing, man. And I'm just glad that we had the opportunity to just, you know, talk about who we are, where we came from, how we started this thing, you know, so, you know, people can have a somewhat of a picture of of where we come from and what we're about. It's hard to cover a, a bunch of years in a short period of time, but, um, you know, I'm I'm glad to be able to just, you know, express myself and what we've been through. Yeah, man. So thanks a lot for listening to this part two. Uh, shouts out to the Nice Up Radio family, Cancer Man, and the whole team. Um, I got to say, you know what I mean? Really love being a part of Nice Up Radio. And I'm putting it out there that, you know, that it's just, if you haven't checked out Nice Up Radio as yet, please log on to niceupradio.com or download the app to your smartphone because it's, a very high quality um, curation in terms of, you know, the global DJs and um, it's a good positive energy. You know what I'm saying? Good. Like the things that you know of reggae music, um, you know, one love and, and peace and unity. So yeah, man, big ups on that. Big up. Nice up radio crew. Highlander supporters and family worldwide. Thank you so much for keeping it 100 with us, keeping it real with us. Please stay engaged. Hit up the, the pages on social. Um, send the emails. Keep keep the uh, lines of communication open. Until next time, this is Reggae Lover. And um, yeah, nice to know you. Nice to nice Peace. to nice to know you. Hope we do it again. Yeah, man. Peace. That's the second time I sang on this one. For booking of Highlander Sound, 404-552-0492 or email reggaeloverpodcast at gmail.com Visit Highlander Sound on the web at reggaelover.com Follow at H-I-G-H-L-A-N-D-A on Twitter 
follow at K-A-H-L-I-L-W-O-N-D-A on Instagram and like Facebook.com slash Highlander Music for more information. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.